Today I'm going to continue with the second part of this seven-part series on Malachi called I Am a Great King, about the Lord's greatness. And the book of Malachi is a compilation of God responding to complaints about him and having his own complaints about his people and their failure to treat him as the great God that he really is. And so um, last time we talked about the second half of chapter one, and now I'm going to go back and address the first section of chapter one here. And really what this complaint about is, is God's people's failure to be grateful for his faithfulness to them, for his love for them that he's given because they they look around and they think God can't love us, but he explains to them how he has demonstrated his love for them. So this is the word of God. I have loved you, says the Lord. But you say, how have you loved us? Is not Esau Jacob's brother, declares the Lord, yet I have loved Jacob, but Esau I have hated. I have laid waste his hill country and left his heritage to jackals of the desert. If Edom says, we are shattered, but we will rebuild the ruins, the Lord of hosts says, they may rebuild, but I will tear down, and they will be called the wicked country and the people with whom the Lord is angry forever. Your own eyes shall see this, and you shall say, Great is the Lord beyond the border of Israel. So this is the situation. Um, Israel is feeling sorry for itself. Israel is feeling like things aren't going very well, like God has abandoned them and he's not being faithful. And God wants to correct them on this because he has loved them and will love them. And he wants them to understand his love language. And in a nutshell, God's love language in this situation is that he sustains them in the midst of um, his punishment and judgment coming on other nations. So what he says, he says this, he says this, um, there were two brothers, Jacob and Esau. And Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated. And what he means is, I I chose Jacob to be my covenant people. And I have been faithful to Jacob for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, I chose him and I sustained him. I dealt with him when he was unfaithful, but I haven't quit on him. Esau, on the other hand, I am going to bring a judgment on him, which will be permanent. That's what he's saying. So Esau is about to get destroyed. Edom and Esau is referring to the same place. Um, The two brothers both became nations, and the nations are named after the names of their forefathers, the brothers. And so Esau, or Edom, is about to be destroyed. And God is going to make such a complete destruction on it that it's just going to be like, they call it a heritage to jackals. So it's going to be a place where wild dogs go and live in the houses that have been abandoned by people. And he's saying, even if they rebuild, um, it's not going to last because I'm against them. And this is in contrast. He's saying, but you're different, Jacob. Even when I punish you, I come back to be faithful to you and love you and build you up again. So I've been faithful to you, loving you, and I've just chosen you. And I've chosen that even when you deserve punishment, even when you need chastisement, even when you need discipline, I'm not going to completely abandon you. I'm not going to forever forsake you. And so he says, you will see yourselves um, this destruction come on Edom, and then you'll praise me. And you'll say, great is the Lord, even beyond the border of Israel. So we're supposed to take a lesson from this. What is God's love language? 
God knows how to show his love and his faithfulness to his people in a thousand million ways. You know, when the sun shines on us, God says, I'm being kind to everyone, but especially to his people, feeding us with food, granting us families and friendship, giving us a church, giving us the Lord Jesus Christ, filling us with the Spirit. There are many, many ways that God shows his covenant love. But one of the ways he does this is by choosing us and not quitting on us, even when we deserve it. That's what the point is here. There were these two brothers, and I picked one, and I didn't pick the other. And you're going to see what it means for that. It means that when you are unfaithful, even though I punish you, I will return and rebuild you. But for the other brother, when he's unfaithful, when he's wicked, I will judge him for his sins, but I won't rebuild him. In fact, I will set myself against things being recovered because I haven't loved him like I loved you. And so what we see here is the greatness of God and the sovereignty of God. He is displaying among nations what his loving kindness, his covenant faithfulness looks like. It looks like rebuilding a people even after they're destroyed while resisting the the human efforts and the arrogant efforts of another nation. Even though at one time they were two brothers, they were joined side by side. And so he's saying, my covenant love means that I return to you and rebuild you. I'll work on your heart. I won't quit on you. That's the covenant love. But also we're supposed to see the greatness of God in that, number one, he can, he can work out a parable and a lesson in his love on the national scale. It's not just about two people I love, one person I don't love another. He, he, he works it out on a nationwide scale. He's so strong and so powerful that when he wants to give an object lesson, he can do it amongst hundreds of thousands of people. He can move the whole course of history for nations to display who he is. But the other thing is that um, it's for his praise. He's saying, your eyes will see my faithfulness to you. You'll be able to see that your life, even though you mess up and sin, I'm going to draw near to you. I'm going to grant you repentance. I'm going to change your heart. I'm going to give you my faithfulness. Your life will turn out different than somebody who is just like you, but that I didn't commit myself to the same way. This touches on the sovereignty of God. This touches on God's choosing. And these are holy and profound topics. But what God wants us to, to do is not to get hung up on the whys and the hows of God's choosing, but instead to tremble and say, oh my goodness, God has loved me. He's been faithful to me even though I didn't deserve it. I need to stop complaining about how God's um, running my life. He's loved me. He's been faithful. He's forgiven me so many times. He keeps coming back. He doesn't quit on me. I need to stop complaining and stop questioning his love and just say, God has loved me and he does love me because I'm still here and we're still together. And there are other people who have lived lives similar to mine and things are not going like they're going now. They're not in relationship with the Lord. They aren't, they don't know him. And, and we can grieve for that and we can pray for that and that's fine. But the point of this portion of scripture is to start off by humbly saying, God, you have loved me and never quit on me. Oh God, please help me to not complain. Even when times are hard, even when they're not as good as I want them to be. As a lo- if I'm still believing in you, you have loved me and you've been faithful to me. And this is a holy, holy moment. Our God is a great king and he does not ever deserve for us to complain about how he's loved us because he has maintained our relationship with him many times, even though we don't deserve it. He deserves honor 
and praise and for us to say God is great throughout the entire world. That's the truth. And be blessed.